Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Kevin Combs, Vice President here at McKinney Flavelle. Today is Friday, November 12, 2021, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast. Today, I'll be taking over the mic and emceeing, and with me, I have our very own Director of Risk Management, Sean Bingham. How are you doing, Sean? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today? I'm doing awesome, thanks. Awesome. Pretty excited about this time of year. We got basketball starting. I don't know if you're a big basketball fan, but those Chicago Bulls are uh, showing some life this year. I, I have heard that. I'm not. I am not a huge basketball fan. Uh, I do love the fall. Although I will tell you, Kevin, I literally uh, two minutes ago looked out the window and we are getting snowflakes here. And that's uh, that's a four letter word. I would rather not <laughs> not, not have to say until at least December. Snow and football just go together. I know you're a big football fan, so I can't wait to see the uh, Chicago Bears and and all those great Midwestern teams and Northeast teams playing in snow in the coming weeks. So yeah, oh, absolutely. There's nothing nothing better some, than some cold weather uh, football. And even though I'm a Bears fan, uh, I always look forward to the Bears, uh, you know, Bears Packers, and hope that it's as cold as it can possibly be. So great. And we got uh, Thanksgiving right around the corner here. So, you know, hopefully we can get some snow on Thanksgiving days to, to watch those football games. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right. Never know around here. Very good. Well, uh, today, uh, some interesting stuff been coming out in last week and certainly something very, very dear to all our listeners here has been inflation. And I think you had some new numbers come out. We want to talk about and, uh, it's the CPI. What what are you seeing out there, Sean? Well, it was uh, CPI came out on Wednesday. I was uh, traveling earlier in the week, and then when I got back and started going through the data, I mean, wow, what a uh, what a blowaway number they were they were looking for something on uh, on the range of about up 05 percent for uh, for the month, and we got 0.9, and that put. The annual year-over-year or the twelve-month rolling average rate at six point two percent, and that was way, way above everyone's forecast. And so, a lot of the news we're seeing over the last couple of days is is focused on inflation. And you and you have to go back uh, to about nineteen ninety before you see uh, a six point three percent CPI rate. And I think what gets my attention, Kevin, is we have a Fed funds effective rate or Fed funds rate set by the FOMC committee at zero to zero point two five percent, and it's been here ever since effectively COVID started. So the, the Fed has a very, very, very accommodative monetary policy stance, and with a six point two percent inflation rate, it, it really just doesn't line up. And, and if you look at where the FUD funds rate was back in 1990, when we had a similar rate, you want to take a guess I what that rate was? I couldn't even imagine how much lower. Uh, high, well, higher on, higher. The Fed fund, on the FUD funds rate. Yeah. Uh, 7.8%. Wow. Almost 8%. So uh, it, it's, it's not even in, you know, it's not even in the game where we are right now. Now, um, the last FOMC meeting, the fed came out and they did something that the market was looking for. They, they decided to taper back 
their asset purchasing program. They've been buying about 120 billion in treasury and mortgage-backed securities. And they've been doing this for a long, long time. This all started back after the credit crisis in 2000, uh, 2007, 2008. Right. And that program has kind of gone in and out. Uh, but it is, you know, it is a f- effectively another way to so-called print money and, and, and try to get inflation up and going, which is really what the Fed is, has been trying to do. They've actually been trying to encourage a little bit of inflation because we don't want to fall into a situation uh, like they have in Japan uh, where no one spends any money. Everybody just saves everything they get. Save, save, saves. Right. Absolutely. And so, uh, unfortunately, we, we're, we've been looking a lot more like Japan than, than normal. But uh, I, <laughs> one thing about the American consumer, and I've said this for years, they like to spend money. I don't, I don't think we have to worry about getting... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have to worry about, yeah, the American consumer getting out there and shopping. I, I, Spending money and inflation kind of go together there. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you and I like I like football, but I guarantee you there's a huge part of our uh, of our uh, population that, that their biggest sport is shopping. So, you know... So what are we seeing? You know, let's talk about shopping. Let's talk about food, right? This is uh, that's kind of our focus. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, you're sitting there and you're talking about these inflationary numbers, and you're talking about six, seven percent. But you know, I know a lot of our users out there would dream of you know buying commodities with only six or seven percent inflation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, we we've all we've all seen it. We're seeing it at the pump. We're seeing it everywhere. In those in those CPI numbers, for example. Uh, food up 5.3% year over year. Energy, no surprise here, 30% year over year. Um, the bi- You know what the, one of the biggest gainers in uh, year over year inflation is used cars and trucks. Right. Um, 26, almost 26.5%. So this isn't like an isolated inflationary event. We're seeing it everywhere. And, and you could probably speak to more about some of the causes with regard to just the supply chain disruptions that it's creating some of this problem, but, but it's coming from everywhere. And so, you know, the, the fed has for a long time made the case that inflation in the country was transitory and that it would, we were going to have a little inflation, but then it would probably drift off and go away after, you know, the the wheels, uh, you know, the wheels got back on from COVID, but this looks a lot, more than transitory to me. And, you know, what we're going to start hearing from Fed analysts, and I and I used to be a Fed analyst, is, is the Fed behind the curve? And if they're behind the curve, how out of control could inflation get before they can get that genie back in the bottle? And if we were 6.3% in 1990, and the Fed funds rate was at almost 8%, uh, that's a lot of rate hike that we have to, to get to, to get even to a similar level uh, of tightening by the Fed. And uh, right now, the, the Fed funds market, the futures market, which is probably the best gauge out there for what the Fed's going to do, they're only looking for about three quarters of a percent uh, by the end of the year next year. So market's not exactly looking for the Fed to really take the punch bowl away yet, so to speak. Well, that could uh, tighten things up quick. That could be a, a dangerous maneuver by the Fed, right? I mean, absolutely. And and if we and if especially if we we're in a in a spot where we could have some slowing GDP, it's kind of the worst of both wor- worlds. And and we absolutely don't want to get into a uh, stagflationary environment. That would be that would be terrible. But uh, the Fed has painted themselves into a little bit of a corner here. 
with uh, low accommodative policy. I think most procurement folks out there would welcome, gladly welcome some tightening of, uh, of policy to make the dollar a little stronger and our exports maybe a little bit uh, less attractive and, and, and try to cap some of these grain prices and, and uh, soybean oil prices and I mean, you, you you speak about it all the time. What in the world is sugar doing <laughs> where it is with the stocks we have? And uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's kind of an upside down world when it when it comes to some of these things. So I think I think the Fed needs to get engaged and probably sooner uh, than sooner than the third quarter, which is kind of what most folks are talking about. I think we could have a rate hike in the first half of next year, probably in the second quarter sometime, but. But uh, we need it. We need it because we can't let uh, we can't let inflation get completely out of out of control here. Well, that's great. What do you think in the uh, grains markets and and commodity food ingredients we cover? You know, what type of you know, we see some increases uh, in the coming second quarter? What what type of impact do you think we could have? Do you think they can do anything to rein in prices, or, or are these going to stick around? I, I think if anything, we're probably, we have a, I mean, if, I'm a, you know me, I'm a, I'm a uh, more of a technical kind of trend and, and momentum kind of guy. And right now there, there aren't many, there aren't many commodities that are, that are on the bearish side of things. You know, everything is looking bullish. Wait, wait, are you saying there is one? The, uh, well, <laughs> oddly enough, and I know people are going to think, oh, this guy's absolutely out of his mind. Um, I actually had soybean oil turn a little bearish here recently. So, I'm, I mean, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's really, really early. Um, but uh, meal has turned positive and it was bearish for a long, long time. Soybeans are having a real hard time themselves getting any traction. China's not buying like they are supposed to. Um, so I think we could see some pressure on soybean oil, which is which is considerably overbought. And uh, I know uh, our fundamental analyst, Nicole, would disagree. I, I know she is still very positive on soybean oil, but just at least from a technical perspective, I think we could see some weakness. Weak, yeah. Corn, wheat, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, it. It's it's all it's all pointing north. But hopefully, if the Fed gets engaged, that'll that'll at least put some caps on some of these prices. Do you think you know? I I think there's always been that thought process that oh, you know, farmers don't want to sell late in the year. Or they're going to wait until the new year to sell. And uh, maybe you could see some pressure. Do you see anything from a technical aspect on any of these markets to where you could see, you know, a couple week run lower or uh, is that all fallacy? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say because if I were a farmer and I'm, and I'm pulling corn out of the ground at, you know, 550 something, uh, I'm taking, I'm taking a big chunk of it right to the elevator. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, they haven't seen prices like this in a long time. So it'll, you know, it really will be interesting to watch, uh, the, the stocks reports, right. You know, what's on farm, what's not on farm, but yeah, if I'm pulling this stuff out of the ground and that goes for cotton too, good grief, cotton's trading at a 20 year high. Um, I think a lot of these farmers are going to, are going to take the money and run, you know, especially especially maybe some products like soybeans that has been moving down and it's not attractive to store soybeans from a financial aspect. Uh, if you're going to store anything, you're probably going to store corn. Um, right. But, you know, me, I, these are very, very attractive prices. I, if I'm, if I'm growing it, I'm, I'm, I think I'm selling it 
and uh, and and not to mention taking the uh, taking the base the basis bonus that that is not usually here right now. Right. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I'm I'm sure farmers are looking at it and uh, licking their chops at the money they're making for the crops they've uh, worked so hard to grow. So absolutely, great. absolutely. Well, good. Well, anything else you got to add on inflation or? No, I, I mean, I think that's it. I think it'll be, it, it's going to be an interesting year on the, on the uh, Fed watch front. So, uh, you know, I, I follow it close and, and I will definitely be watching it. But uh, I think for those out there that are kind of maybe planning, I think you ought to, if we keep getting numbers like this, you probably ought to start considering the idea that the Fed's going to be tightening sooner than later, which for most folks that are just, uh, you know, day to day, if you haven't refied your mortgage, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to sneak that in earlier. It's like, yeah. God, I'm sure glad, you know, I've been able to refinance and, you know, refinance again and sitting pretty. So I just finished one up about a month, a uh, month ago, a month, month and a half ago. So if you haven't done that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that's great advice, but uh, boy, I, I don't know what you're waiting for uh, at this point. So go get, go get that done. But that's all I got I today, right. Kevin. Thanks, Sean. What a great recap. And uh, you guys like uh, what you hear from Sean today, remember to listen in to our webinar on Wednesday, November 17th. Sean's going to be joined with Eric Thornton to uh, talk a little bit about risk management. Uh, or I'm going to do an entire piece with uh, Eric on setting budgets and benchmarks. And I know that's always a a hot topic subject between the C-suite and the procurement folks. And we're going to spend some time talking about setting market-based realistic uh, budget levels uh, for you know commodity forecast prices and how we get there and what the upside and downside risks uh, to those forecasts look like using some uh, market-based metrics. And so I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a really good webinar to uh, jump in on if if uh, you're in that in that budgeting process, anywhere in that budgeting process. Oh, I'm sure people like to hear some differing opinions as, uh, you know, never, everyone doesn't always seem to be on board with how companies do it. And I'm sure uh, ideas on other ways of doing it might be very helpful. I think so. Okay, great. Well, that wraps up our weekly Hot Commodity Podcast. I want to thank for everyone for listening in. And as Mike always says, live with an attitude of gratitude. Until next time, take care. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.